From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today, two treacherous terrains take the stage. It's deserts versus swamps. Which exceptional environment will take home the title of Smash Boom Best? Sandy deserts or squelching swamps? We've got Toa here to help us decide. Hi, Toa. Hello. So, Toa, tell us, what comes to mind when you think about deserts? Sand, cactuses, and oases. And what does the word swamp make you think about? Um, muddy, marshy areas. Would you like to spend time in a swamp, do you think? Not particularly, but then again, I wouldn't want to spend time in a desert either. <laughs> Fair. So, do you already think one side is cooler than the other? No, I do not. Okay, so you're open to learning about both. You have not made up your mind yet. Yep. Excellent. All right, time to introduce our Earth enthusiasts. Here to rep murky, majestic Team Swamp, it's Anna Weggle. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to bring the facts about swamps to Toa. This is going to be great. So Anna, in just a single sentence, why are swamps the smash boom best? Okay, so picture that someone was really mean to you in high school. And then you grew up to become a doctor and you save their life. That's Swamp's baby. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm very excited to hear. And here to defend delightfully dry deserts, it's Mark Sanchez. Team Desert. Hello, Toa. Hello, Molly. Hello, Anna. Hello. <laughs> Mark, tell us why deserts are destined for victory. Well, they are cinematically beautiful. They're everywhere. And... They have nary a mosquito. Dry five, everybody. Dry five. <laughs> dry five. <laughs> well, this is going to be a tight debate today. I do not see a landslide in our future. But before we begin, let's review the rules of the game. Round one is the Declaration of Greatness. Using facts, logic, and top-notch storytelling, Mark and Anna will present the most persuasive arguments for their side. Once they've made their case, the opposing team will get 30 seconds to make a rebuttal. Round two is the micro round, a fun challenge both teams have prepared for in advance. Creativity is key here. Round three is the sneak attack, a surprise challenge that will require each debater to think fast and respond on the spot. And for the fourth and final round, it's the final six. Each team will have just six words to sway our judge before the final decision is made. Toa will award points as we go, but she'll keep her decisions a secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. If you'd like to keep score on an official scorecard, download a score sheet from our website, smashboom.org, or keep track of your points with a pencil and paper. If you want to sharpen your own debate skills, make note of the arguments that were the most convincing. Okay, Mark, Anna, are you ready to go? Yes. For sure. Toa, you feeling ready? Yep. Fantastic. Then it's time for the Declaration of Greatness. We flipped a coin, and Anna, you're up first. It's time for a Declaration of Greatness for the lushest of landscapes, swamps. Okay, friends. I have never won a Smash Boom Best before, and I really wanted to take my reporting seriously this time. So I held a bake sale 
purchased some expensive personal protective equipment and 16 gallons of hand sanitizer, rented a Jeep Wrangler, and drove 27 hours to the Everglades. Okay, hold on. Let me get situated here. Okay. Here. Microphone all set up. Okay, yep. Got the... All right. So here's what you have to know about swamps. They are forested wetlands, which means they're both land and water. They are found all over the world. They can be huge, like the Amazon River floodplain, which is about as big as the entire state of New Mexico. Or they can be much smaller, like a prairie pothole, which is only about the size of a football field. Here in the Everglades in South Florida, we've got more than 360 species of birds and 1.5 million acres covered in squishy, grassy, soggy brilliance. A swamp so big that you could fit more than a million football fields on it. It's so important and so cool that in order to protect it, in 1934, the National Park Service voted for it to become a national park. While doing some reporting, I met a wonderful crocodile who lives here in the Everglades full-time, and he loves it. He's kind of microphone shy, but let's see if I can coax him out of the water long enough to talk to us. Hold on, I have to find him. Cameron! Hey, oh. Cameron! Okay, so when you're walking through the swamp, you have to be careful because what you think is the top of a rock might be... Ouch! Oh, sorry, Cameron. I didn't see you there. It's all right. I'm recording. Is that okay? They probably don't want to hear from me. No, they do. It's okay. No, I haven't practiced. You'll be fine. Just be yourself. This is my friend Cameron the Crocodile. He loves living in the Everglades, and he has lots to say about where he lives. Swamps are the best place in the whole wide world. What makes them so great? I have so many friends here, and they are so special. And in fact, we were just gathering for a game of checkers. Let me introduce them to you. We've got Manfred the West Indian manatee. I prefer sea cow. Barbara the brown recluse spider. Fear me. Patrick the Florida panther. I'm endangered. Sharon the bull shark. I can survive in salt water and fresh water. And I bite humans. Keep your distance, Sharon. And then you might not see her because she's so small, but over there is Kelly the kissing bug. I have parasites in my poop. And that's just a tiny sample of the amazing creatures you can find here in the Everglades. But as you know, swamps are all over the world. And the Sud Swamp in South Sudan has 70 recorded species of fish. And the Pantanal in Brazil, Paraguay, and Bolivia has the greatest diversity of water plants in the world. That's super cool. But I have a question. Why should humans care about swamps? I'm so glad you asked, Anna. Swamps are wildly underappreciated by humans like you. For one, swamps protect against flooding. Let's say that it's raining so hard that there is a flood. Well, have no fear because swamps absorb excess moisture like a sponge. And they can be the first line of protection like a superhero that stands in front of a bus and says, Stop right there. No more damage. So you're telling me that swamps can literally save lives? Yes, they can protect homes, protect communities, and save lives. And guess what else? What? Swamps fight climate change. Fight 
climate change? Uh-huh, because swamps pull a ton of carbon dioxide, that's a nasty greenhouse gas, from the atmosphere. And they also purify water. Swampy plants absorb harmful chemicals from the water and send sediment and dirt to the bottom, making the water clearer. It's like if you had a magical home that vacuumed itself. Oh, and fish that swim around in the magically filtered swamp water make up two-thirds of the fish and shellfish that are eaten by humans worldwide. Two-thirds! So let me get this straight. Swamps are some of the most diverse and productive ecosystems on Earth. They slow the pace of climate change, and they protect our communities from storms and flooding? Yeah, and humans are just now starting to get hip to that fact. Yeah, we humans don't have the best history appreciating swamps, do we? Throughout history, humans have made a habit of destroying natural environments. But for some reason, you've always been particularly hard on swamps. In fact, more than 85% of wetlands have been destroyed since the start of the Industrial Era. Why would we do that? To make room for factories, and apartment buildings, and golf courses. I hate golf. Me too. We must work to protect swamps and spread the word about how important they are and how they might just save our humanity. Everyone has to know. Well, hopefully they figure it out before it's too late. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks for listening. So we know that swamps are super cool and we know that they house amazing creatures and wildlife. And we know that they have been historically mistreated and misunderstood. And we know that they are so important that they save lives. Like a superhero. A swamper hero. A super swamp. Isn't it time to start giving back to swamps? Isn't it time to cast your vote for them? Toa? You decide. A delightful declaration for swamps full of facts and new friends. Toa, what did you think? What stood out to you about Anna's argument? I really liked how she mentioned swamps from all over the world and used her crocodile friend especially. Well, Mark, it's time for a rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to leave your opponent in the dust. That's it? 30 seconds? That's all you got. And your time starts now. Okay, you think a swamp is as big as New Mexico is huge? Try a desert as big as China. Yes, deserts for the win. There are way more desert national parks than uh, swamps, so come on. Who you fooling? Uh, teaching people, also teaching people to step on and befriend crocodiles? Uh, not a great strategy there, Anna, but whatever. Uh, swamps may absorb moisture, but they aren't dry. I mean, have you ever seen swamp pits? That's disgusting. <laughs> And time. time. We all want to fight it. And deserts can. (laughs) (laughs) Just you wait. (laughs) Listen to this. I tell you. Well, Mark, it's time for your declaration. Let's hear why deserts demand our respect. Welcome to Desert School. I'm your teacher, Mark. And this is not your ordinary classroom. I mean, take a look at this rock formation in the shape of a skull at Joshua Tree National Park. Ooh. Or the bright yellow salt pools of the Donakil Desert of Ethiopia. Ah. The halls of this school are filled with otherworldly rock formations and bursting with colors that you never knew existed. 
And when you're strolling through campus, keep an eye out for some amazing animals with mind-blowing adaptations. Hey, Sidewinder. This snake only touches the ground with two parts of its body at the same time, so we can keep it off the hot sand. Okay, we have a lot to cover today, so let's do some quick desert selfies and begin the morning with a pop quiz. Okay, don't worry, don't worry. This is an easy one. In terms of size on the planet, which is larger, swamps or deserts? Okay, raise your hand for swamps. Anyone? No. Okay, now raise your hands if you think deserts occupy more space. Whoa. <laughs> all of you? <laughs> well, you're all absolutely correct. About 33% of the Earth's land is considered a desert. Compare that to the measly 6% covered by swamps. Deserts for the win. And Team Desert has all the hits. We've got Gobi, Mojave, Kalahari, Arabian, Sahara, even Antarctica is a desert. Yep, and make sure you write this down. To be classified as a desert, land has to receive very little rain or snow, less than 10 inches of annual precipitation. This totally makes sense when you think about those windswept sand dunes we all love. But why stop there? Even though Antarctica is practically all ice, it rarely rains or snows there. The air is so cold, it doesn't hold moisture. In fact, Antarctica is the world's largest desert. So that means penguins and seal pups are desert dwellers too. Okay, it's time for show and tell. Today's theme, adaptability. Camel, you've been waiting patiently. Why don't you start us off? Why, thank you, yes. So, I have a few things I brought with me. First, let's get the obvious out of the way. I've got these humps on my back. They're actually a place for us camels to store fat, which we can use as a source of water. But that's not all that makes camels desert tough. We have developed some pretty cool defenses against blowing desert sands. To protect our eyes, camels have three sets of eyelids and two sets of long eyelashes. Plus, we have the ability to seal our nostrils so we don't get a shenaz full of sand. Whoa, fascinating stuff. Thanks, camel. All right, we've got time for one more show and tell, and it looks like Oh, where did you go? Oh, there you are, the fog stand beetle. Why don't you show the class your special skills? Many thanks. Today, I want to talk about my daily water-gathering ritual. Like my friend the camel, it has to do with my back. You see, I go out every morning as the fog rolls over the Namib Desert of Southern Africa. And even though I am thirsty... I do not go looking for water. On the contrary, I let the water find me. I stand still and let the fog wash over me. And as it does, I collect dew droplets on my back. Then I raise my back end up and the water pours into my mouth. 
genius. Genius. Oh, a big round of applause for today's show and tellers. Okay, we're going to wrap up class today with current events. We all know that global warming is a big problem. And guess what? The deserts of the world are primed to play a huge role in the fight against climate change. First, just think about the landscape. You've got these massive open spaces. Winds are constant and practically begging for turbines to start spinning. And you can't forget about the sun. Earlier this year, the Mojave Desert recorded an air temperature of 130 degrees Fahrenheit, one of the hottest days ever. Scientists recently modeled a combination solar and wind farm in the Sahara and Sahel deserts of North Africa, and their findings were staggering. Not only could these two renewable energy sources potentially supply four times the world's consumption— they could also bring more rain to the region. That's right, a side effect of these solar panels and wind being swooped up into the air is that it brings rain to the desert. The study predicts a 20% increase in vegetation, which means a more habitable land for people to live. This future looks like a bright desert sunrise. Now take what you've learned at desert school and teach it to the rest of the world. An educational argument from Team Desert. Toa, would you give an A-plus to Team Desert? I would. I think what stood out to me was when he pointed out that penguins are part of deserts, especially. I never thought of it that way. Excellent. Well, I'm sure Anna has a few thoughts to share. It's rebuttal time. Let's hear you bog down Mark's argument. You have 30 seconds, and your time starts now. A desert school? A pop quiz? School is tough enough. Please don't bring me to a hot sandy desert and then drop a pop quiz in my lap in the first 30 seconds. Okay, just because there are more deserts than swamps, it doesn't mean that they're better than swamps. This isn't a quantity over quality issue. No precipitation? No rain or snow at all? Okay, that sounds boring. Plus, I have a lot of pairs of cute winter boots that I wouldn't be able to wear in the desert. And do you think crocodiles make scary friends? What about a camel? time. All right, Toa, it's time to award your first two points. Who made the stronger declaration? Which rebuttal was best? These two points could go to the same person or they could be split down the middle. Remember, it's all up to you and which side really wowed you. Have you made your decision? I have, yes. Excellent. Listeners at home, if you're feeling a little stuck in the mud, you can always press pause. These are difficult decisions. How are you feeling about your performances so far, debaters? I feel strong. I feel like, you know, a cactus. Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a wrap on our first round. We're going to give Anna and Mark a quick breather, but we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Best. Douglas here with 923-time debate champ Taylor Lincoln. Hi-de-ho there, Todd. Wait, are you, are you okay? Yes, I'm just so annoyed by this debate. 
This girl is arguing that pink can't be a boy's favorite color. I mean, I love pink, and I'm a boy, or a man, or whatever. How frustrating. You always look so nice in pink. It really brings out the color of your eyes. Anyway, the girl making the argument made a big old belly flop of a fallacy, so I shouldn't care. Roll tape. My favorite color is pink. Pink is for girls, George. Pink can't be your favorite color. Nuh-uh. Anybody's favorite color can be pink. My sister Eliza says pink is only for girls, and she's older than us, so she's right. That's not true. The idea that pink is only for girls was invented by advertisers. Before 1940, people used to think pink was for boys. Whatever. Eliza knows more than you do, George. If she says pink is for girls, then she's right. Zari's argument is such a stinker of a logical fallacy. Yup, and logical fallacies make it super easy for your opponent to take your argument out. Zari used a fallacy called an appeal to authority. It's when you argue that something has to be true just because a quote-unquote expert says it is. If you're going to use experts in your argument, you better use people who actually are experts. But George knew how to prove her wrong. Uh, Zara? Uh, George? I found proof that everyone used to think pink was a boy's color. In 1918, a magazine called Earnshaw's Infants Department published an article that said, The generally accepted rule is pink for the boys and blue for the girls. So there, assigning boys and girls different colors is all made up by advertisers. None of it is actually true. I love pink. And I'm not the only one. Me too, George. Me too. He got her. Did he ever? Just goes to show you can't rely on appeals to authority to win your argument, debate heads. Yeah, if you want to make a strong point, do what George did and find some research to back up your claim or talk to a real expert. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go eat some pink salmon for lunch. Ooh, that sounds delicious. May I join? Certainly, because pink food is for everyone. We'll catch you next time on... State State of of Debate. Debate! Best. Smash. Smash. Best. And we're back. You're listening to Smash Boom Best. The show about showdowns. We get incredible debate ideas from our listeners all the time, like this one from Lucia in Los Angeles, California. My debate idea is Da Vinci versus Picasso. We'll check in again with Lucia at the end of the show to see who she thinks should win. And now it's back to our debate of the day, Deserts versus Swamps. Awesome, because it's time for... Micro Round. This week's Micro Round Challenge is Amusement Park. Mark and Anna were asked to each create a new, totally cool theme park for their team. Anna went first in round one, so Mark, you're up. Take us on a tour of your dazzling desert oasis. Think of your favorite amusement park. Now double it in size. Now double it again. Welcome to Desert Dreams Theme Park. Home of the Sidewinder, the only roller coaster that whips around on a sideways track. Like epic speed? Head over to the Bonneville and buckle up. 
Strap into rocket fueled speed machines and zip across salt flats, just like the ones in Bonneville, Utah. Just don't forget to sign our release forms. If surfing is more your style, the Dune Rider has got you covered. Grab a board and hang tan on some dunes, bruh. And if you want to relax a little, try the Glacial Sky Tram. Travel from glacier to glacier in the comfort of our heated luxury sky trams. The perfect place to take in a meal and sip on a beverage. Speaking of food, there's a reason this amusement park has been rated number one in food and travel monthly every year for the past decade. It's the sweets. Let's face it, you can't spell dessert without desert. So come down and come often, because you're always going to see something new at the Desert Dreams theme park, where it never rains on your parade. That was No Mirage, a delightful desert paradise. Now it's Team Swamp's turn to shine. Let's cruise along and take in this stunning landscape, sights, sounds, and smells. Hello, cans! Looking for a good time with your friends, both human and animal? Looking to support an ecosystem that fights climate change? Well, go get your parents, drag them close to the radio, and listen here! Hop on a family pack of tickets to my new park, sharing the bull shark sassy swamp time we're getting dirty means you're doing it right. We've got mudslides. We've got slow-moving filtered water. We've got coastal protection. We've got pan-fried swamp bass and shellfish paella available for purchase, or free if you can catch them. We've got kissing bugs. And parasites in my poop. Who'll land on your shoulder and whisper secrets to you like which rides have the shortest lines, be it the slippery manatee slide or the bald cypress tree climb. We've got locations in Canada, the Amazon, Mississippi, and the Congo. And if I accidentally bite you, you get a free ticket to come back, see? Come on down to Sharon the Bull Shark Sassy Swamp Time. It's just a swamp. Don't overthink it. I have my poncho and galoshes and am ready to go. Okay, Toa, take a minute to mull things over. Award a point to the amusement park you liked most. Can be decided on whichever criteria you like, who had the best delivery, who had the best rides, who snuck some facts in there for you. Have you made your decision? Yes, I have. Wonderful. Now it's time for our third round, the surprising (laughs) sneak attack. And our sneak attack challenge is style sense. If your side had a fashion line, what would it be called and what would the aesthetic be? Walk us through an outfit inspired by your landscape. Got it? I think so. Yes. All right. We'll give you a minute to think while we play this soothing hold music. Gosh, it's hot. Desert life is dry. Not a cloud floats in the sky. Sandy dunes as far as I can see. Splish, splash, swamp where mosquitoes thrive. Alligators waddle and fowl dive Paddle on down to the Everglades Anna and Mark, are you ready? Ready. I am at the runway. All right. We're going to hear from Anna first this time. Let's hear about Team Swamp's fantastic fashion line. Okay. This is called Mud Chic. It's super easy. 
Okay, you wake up in the morning, you walk downstairs, you take a dip head to toe in a kid's swimming pool filled with warm, soothing swamp mud, and you walk around leaving a path everywhere you go. So it's simple, it's not expensive, it feels like a spa, and it makes a statement. Mud chic. It's practical and fashionable. Mark? A statement that says, I want to be alone forever. (laughs) Wow. Harsh. (laughs) All right, Mark, it is your turn. Let's hear about the season's newest trends from Team Desert. Well, Team Desert's fashion line, their name is called the Sahara. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you just feel the wind blowing in your hair, right? This season's line, it's a summer line, of course, is inspired by the camel. Uh, we've got camel hair coats, faux, faux fur, obviously. Camel eyelashes for days. You can they're fake. They're fake. Fake eyelashes. <laughs> we don't we don't no camels are harmed making this line. We have backpacks inspired by camel humps. They are beautiful. And and you we you can get the small or the extra large, so it's like one or two humps. And matching hump pants, which are pants with humps on them. <laughs> Where? Where are the humps? <laughs> they're all over. They're gonna be the rage. <laughs> You're going to be seeing them in stores across the country. Get them now. I'm telling you. Hump pants. <laughs> okay. Feel the wind blowing in your hair? More like feel people walking away from you because you smell like a camel and have hump pants. <laughs> no, thank you. No camels were hurt. We didn't use any camels. Inspired by camels. <laughs> yeah, it still smells like them. I know it does. Okay, Tawa, which fashion line do you think stole the spotlight? Give that team a point, but don't tell us which one you voted for. Have you decided? I'm just going to go with which one was described better. Okay. <laughs> well, great. Before we move into our final round, I want to check in with our debaters. Anna, how are you feeling about your chances? I'm feeling more confident than I've ever felt at this point in a Smash Boom Best debate. And what about you, Mark? How are you feeling? Oh, you know, like a beautiful night-blooming desert Ceres cactus flower. (laughs) (laughs) Picture perfect. So specific. All right, no more mucking around. It's time for our final round. The final six. Mark and Anna, in this round, you have just six words to convince Toa your side is the smash boom best. Mark, you're up first this time. Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. Mosquitoes gone. Give dry a try. A rhyming final six. All right, Team Swamp, let's hear your final six. Saving humanity. Amazing creatures. Protect it. Hmm. A call to arms. Both teams really brought it today. Well done, both of you. Now there's just one thing left to do. Toa, award your final point. Have you awarded it? Yes, I have. All right. The moment has come. Who will sink? Who will swim? Toa, which of these lovely landscapes has come out on top? Deserts. Woo! Yeah! Oh, no. Oh, poor Anna. Can you tell us in, you know, just one thing that really swung you to desert side today? It was really close. Um, The only thing that um, made deserts win was the fashion one. Um, I'm just going to say it. Both of your lines 
Not the best. Yeah, yeah, girl, it's fine. You're right. Hump pants. Hump pants will never ever be in style. I'm just gonna say. Hump pants. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Mark, you have taught me how high my confidence can soar, and then how low I can immediately feel after a competition. Honestly, though, the one thing I knew about deserts uh, that I knew before is how badly I would be sunburned if I went to one. And now I know so much more about deserts. And honestly, I hope I get to see one someday. Oh, Anna, you you definitely taught me that we we need swamps. I mean, they're they're super important. And and who doesn't love a good mangrove, <laughs> right? Toa crowned deserts the smash boom best today. But what do you think? Maybe you feel differently. Head to our website, smashboom.org, and cast your vote. That's a wrap on today's debate battle. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie DuPont, Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, and Jennifer Lai. We had engineering help from Cameron Wiley and Corey Shreppel. And we had production help from Manica Wilhelm and Christina Lopez. The delightful Anna Weggel is the voice of our whole music, and our announcer is Marley Feuerwerker Otto. We'd like to give a special thanks to Austin Cross, Taylor Kaufman, David Ja, Coco, and Gus. Anna, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to today? Oh, yes. Thank you to Cameron the Crocodile, aka my husband, aka Brant Miller. And what about you, Mark? Any thanks? Yeah, my family too, Vicky and Coco, and all my cute desert pals from uh, bats to penguins. And Toa, anyone you want to give special thanks to today? Um, thank you to my parents. It's always a good idea to thank our parents. And before we sign off, let's hear some more from Lucia. Remember, she suggested a Da Vinci versus Picasso matchup. Here's who she thinks should win. Picasso would win because his paintings are more colorful. Thanks, Lucia. And if you've got a one-of-a-kind debate idea, we want to hear about it. You can share your ideas or just say hi at smashboom.org. We'll be back soon with another debate battle. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. By the way, by the way, my pits are swampy. (laughs) (laughs) Same, sister.